Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Back with another solo Friday morning episode. Hope you guys got to listen to draft season on this very feed yesterday. Hosted by Dalvin Osario, Joe Bellick, James Koontz. They were joined by Shane Hallam. Had a great conversation on a wide range of topics around the 2021 NFL Draft. Definitely worth a listen if you have not listened yet. And that will be continuing to roll on this feed every Thursday going forward up through the NFL Draft and past the NFL Draft, where, as you'll hear from me on Friday, if you have not yet, subscribe, rate, review this podcast. It's available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And if you have not yet, check out the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Badlands TOJ, weekly ad-free podcast hosted by myself and Connor Rogers, articles including a mock off-season for the Jets. I'm going to do one of these in December, which I just did. One of these in January, one of these in February, and one of these in March, right before the league year opens. Today's show will be me talking through that mock off-season, which I published a little over a week ago. Uh, and We have a lot more going on at Badlands, including live stream Q&As, Connor's Big Board. Definitely worth the $3 a month, I would argue. So that's Badlands at Patreon.com. Backslash Badlands T-O-J. All right, let's jump into this mock-off season. December edition. Uh, Certainly assumptions will change by the time I do a late or mid-January edition. We don't know exactly what the coaching search is going to look like. We don't know what free agents will re-sign with their teams or get franchise tagged. We don't know if the Jets will acquire additional draft capital uh, for current players on their roster uh, or exactly where they will land in the draft. As it stands right now, fingers crossed, they are set to pick first overall. Four games left. Jets will be heavy, heavy underdogs against Seattle this weekend in Seattle. Uh, Denzel Mims not playing because of a personal issue. Jamison Crowder doubtful. Still a pretty banged up team overall, although Frank Gore should be back to help out the tank. Not too worried about sweating it out this weekend, although unfortunately Jacksonville is playing Tennessee, a game they are unlikely to win. So this is going to stay a close race, unfortunately, up till the very end. So let's go through an offseason projection here. I want to be clear, this is not 
a dream off season. Uh, it is my best educated guess as of today, December 10th, when I'm recording this, uh, on what will happen for the Jets this off season. Subject to change, of course, but these are my guesses of a possible practical offseason for the Jets coming off a very likely 0-16 record. So off the top, I do believe the Jets are going to terminate their entire coaching staff. They've already started that process by firing Greg Williams. I think the fears that Adam Gase will be around next year are misguided. He will be fired along with everyone that he brought over. Uh, I think Brant Boyer will not be fired immediately. They will let the new head coach decide if they want to keep him or not. I could also see a couple of positional coaches who are highly regarded around the organization and league, like Denard Wilson and Heinz Ward sticking around, to be evaluated by the next coaching staff. But Adam Gase, Dowell Loggins, Sean Jefferson, current interim defensive coordinator Frank Bush, um, Frank Pollock, a couple other guys I'm likely forgetting right now, all will be fired on Black Monday right after the regular season, right after the Jets clinch their 0-16 record. So you can pause your Gase returning in 2021 panic. If he does return in 2021, I will be not covering the Jets anymore. I'll just do general NFL coverage, and I think many fans would be right to walk away from the team if they were that foolish to make that kind of decision. On to who the replacement will be. I think the Jets are going to cast a very wide net for the search. I think they will look at long-retired names like Bill Cower. I think they will look at college names like Matt Campbell and Jim Harbaugh. I think they will look at popular coordinators. I think there's a lot of hurdles with some of the names I just mentioned. I don't think there's a favorite right now. I just think they're going to cast a very wide net and try to swing for the fences. Whether that lands or not remains to be seen. The safest guess right now, and I would not say he's like a favorite, but if I have to guess as of today, I'm going to say the Jets end up hiring Wink Martindale, the Ravens' current defensive coordinator, as their next head coach. A guy who's very highly regarded by his players and by that organization. The Jets' hope will be that he migrates John Harbaugh's culture over to the Jets. He has a good working relationship with Joe Douglas and Chad Alexander in the front office. It will not be... A popular pick with fans, but it's impossible to project who will be a good head coach, especially if they're a coordinator. The Jets should not silo their search to only offensive guys. Uh, We saw how that worked with Adam Gase. Just hire the person you think will be the best head coach, who is the CEO of the team and manages the entire team and builds the entire staff. Now, my optimistic hire here is that the Jets get Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott to join their staff as their offensive coordinator. He follows Trevor Lawrence. I think Jet fans would be more excited about the Martindale hire if they could get a quote-unquote sexy offensive coordinator hire like that, which I think they can with Trevor Lawrence. That's how, that's how appealing of a prospect he is. Defensive coordinator, I put... Ravens' current pass defense coordinator, Chris Hewitt, coming over, and they keep Brant Boyer, who's been relatively good at his job as the special teams coordinator. So that is your new Jets staff. Again, my favorite choice as of right now is Matt Campbell. Going to be very hard to get him to come here. I do think they will chase names like Cower and Harbaugh. I don't think they will ultimately land them. Not even sure someone like Cower really wants to coach again. 
I'm sure they will do their diligence on some offensive coordinators. But in the end, I am guessing as of today, I will go with Martindale. Looking at the Jets' internal free agents and personnel, of which they have a lot on a pretty bare roster, I think the following are not going to be with the team next year. Rashad Perryman, Brian Poole, Bradley McDougal, Jordan Jenkins, Frank Gore, Chris Hogan, Daniel Brown, Terrell Basham, Josh Andrews, Vincent Smith, Sam Ficken, and Jeff Smith. The team will also proactively cut Henry Anderson, Blake Cashman, Trevin Wesco, Ryan Griffin, and Nathan Shepard. A lot of clearing out of the McCagnan era, their error and era. Um, I think they're not going to break the bank to keep Perryman and Poole, who I think were one-year band-aids. I think those guys will find longer-term deals elsewhere in free agency. I don't think McDougald showed enough to come back as a starting safety. Same with Jordan Jenkins. I think he's ran his course here. Gore certainly will not be back without Gase. Same with Hogan and some of these other guys who are holdovers. Overall, the following notable free agents will return. I'm going to say Joe Flacco. They bring him back as a quote-unquote mentor, making the James Morgan pick that much more head-scratching. Arthur Morlett for depth in the secondary. Neville Hewitt, who's been good as a stopgap at inside linebacker. Patrick Onowasor, who will be healthy hopefully next year. I think they will find a way to keep Marcus May around at safety. Uh, Matthias Farley is a core special teamer. Harvey Langai is a situational player on defense who's flashed well down the stretch here. Uh, Frankie Louvu, our hero, Lamar Jackson, and Sergio Castillo back as the new kicker. So not a ton of very exciting names in there, but just some bottom of the ro- middle and bottom of the roster shuffling uh, outside of finding a way to keep May around as a starter with Ashton Davis at safety. Looking at external free agents, Here's the haul that I have circled for the Jets. They do get offensive guard Brandon Scherf from the Washington football team to improve the offensive line. They get Curtis Samuel, who will replace Jamison Crowder. I will get to that later. Sort of a running back receiver hybrid who has had a nice breakout year under Joe Brady's offense in Carolina. They take a flyer, a low-cost flyer, emphasize low-cost flyer on Marlon Mack, who's returning from a serious injury, to see if he could be their early down back. They go big at free agent uh, at wide receiver and do get Juju Smith-Schuster. After chasing names I'd prefer like Allen Robinson and even Kelly Kenny Galladay, it ends up being Smith-Schuster, who is only 24 years old. They sign Desmond King, cornerback, to be their new slot corner. Uh, they add edge Romeo Akarwa, who is a younger option than Matt Judon, to add more depth and a pass rush there. Uh, And they also add center Matt Skura from the Ravens for a little more depth on the interior offensive line. So the big headline names there are Scherf as a new starting guard, Samuel and Smith-Schuster as weapons on the outside to help Trevor Lawrence, Desmond King as your new slot corner, and Akarwa as their edge rusher. Also Marlon Mack as a flyer uh, for a potential early down back. Trades. Jets trade Sam Darnold to the Indianapolis Colts for a second and fifth round pick. We know the Jets and the Colts love doing business together. We know the Colts need a young developmental quarterback. Second and fifth feels like it will be the right compensation, the same that Josh Rosen went for. Sam Darnold's 2020 and Josh Rosen's 2018 have been pretty similar. They're the same age. I think that ends up being the deal. The Jets also trade Jamison Crowder, the Baltimore Ravens, for a conditional mid-round pick because away from Adam Gase's slot receiver dominant system, They do not want to pay nearly $12 million for Crowder next year. 
So they add a little more draft capital in the middle rounds, meaning they have two first-rounders, two second-rounders, two third-rounders, three fifth-rounders, and potentially two fourth-rounders. A lot of flexibility going into the NFL draft. So if you look at their depth chart heading into the draft in this scenario, you have Flacco and Morgan as the quarterbacks uh, with Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick. You go into the draft with Marlon Mack, LaMichael Pirine, and Ty Johnson on the roster at running back. Your receivers are Denzel Mims, Smith-Schuster, Curtis Samuel, Berrios, and Lawrence Cager. At tight end, you still only have Chris Herndon on the roster. I think that'd be something they look to improve after the draft and free agency or during the draft. Your tackles remain Mekhi Becton and George Fant with Connor McDermott as a backup. Your guards are Brandon Scherf, Greg Van Routen with Cam Clark as the backup behind them. And potentially, Pat Fline, who showed... Some good stuff in the run game, but I wouldn't get too excited from one game. Connor McGovern is back at center because of his uh, contract. Matt Skura is the backup center signed from the Ravens. Your defensive line is led by Quinton Williams, Foley Fayukasi, John Franklin Myers. Inside linebackers, C.J. Mosley, Neville Hewitt, and Harvey Langai. Your edge is Akarwa, Huff, and Jabari Zaniga. Corners, Bryce Hall, Desmond King, uh, Blasson Austin, Arthur Mollette. Lamar Jackson, this will be a position they address aggressively in the NFL draft, and your safeties remain Ashton Davis and Marcus May with Farley as the backup at safety. So that's one path for the Jets' offseason right there. Look, I I think if we're talking about a dream offseason, I would love to get Allen Robinson. Uh, I'd love to get a Chris Godwin or Kenny Galladay. I like Smith-Schuster as sort of the bottom of that Tier 1, only 24 years old. Uh, I like Samuel as more of a versatile chess piece on offense who really could be entering his prime compared to Crowder, who's probably on the back end of his prime right now. Uh, Getting Scherf as a plus starter on the interior offensive line is a must for the Jets, and I think they will also continue to address offensive line throughout the NFL draft. And I don't necessarily think it's the slam dunk that they're going to break the bank for Judon at edge. I think they will look at a couple other options, Desmond King at corner to fill the hole left by Brian Poole, uh, and they're going to continue to need to address that um, in the NFL draft. Um, you know, There's a couple other exciting names out there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how who hits the market. You know, I know Jet fans are excited about the prospect of Joe Thune. I think the Patriots are going to find a way to get him back. Um, you know, with Robinson, I don't know where he ends up. I do think hopefully he shakes out of Chicago because who wants to see him in that situation anymore? But I think it's going to be hard to, uh, you know, ultimately project that the Jets land him. I hope they do. And maybe having Trevor Lawrence and a new coaching staff helps in that process. And hopefully the Jets' free agency search uh, is bolstered by not having Adam Gase uh, being their head coach. So that's one version of a potential offseason. Um We'll see how things change by January. We'll have a better idea. You know, by the next time we do that, we'll know who the coaching staff is. I think the coaching staff usually helps inform the type of players they're going to target in free agency and what kind of draft approach they'll ultimately take, although Douglas is likely to be really the guiding force when it comes to the draft. But for free agency, you know, it will be interesting to see how that coaching search shakes out. And again, I do want to emphasize, I don't think that Jet fans – need to be panicked that Adam Gase is coming back next year. I think they are going to let what is left of this coaching staff finish it out, hopefully guide them to 0-16, and use that 0-16 as a chip to go get 
their next head coach that they want to get. And they're going to cast a wide net and fingers crossed that um, they get it right this time. And I do think it's important to emphasize that it's a nearly impossible task to predict who's going to be a good NFL head coach, right? I, I think I, I'm using the Marvin Lewis rumors as a jump off and he wasn't necessarily rumored to the Jets, but you know, there was some chatter that he's going to get some interviews and people were kind of freaking out or surprised about this. And look, I, I get someone like Lewis became a meme because of his first round losses, but a guy who made the playoffs over and over again and Cincinnati was a disaster before him and they've been a disaster after him, not saying he's a great coach and not saying he's someone I'd be excited about per se, be much more dependent on who his staff is, but there's no guarantee that Arthur Smith or Brian Dable would be a better coach than he's proven to be. And I think fans have to remember that. It's not just about hiring the most popular play caller at the time. You need someone who can manage the entire team, be the face of the organization, and build a staff that's effective on both sides of the football. Uh, So much of the Jets' problems have been hiring a head coach who is really just a glorified coordinator. It got ugly for Rex Ryan in his last couple of years because of that. It didn't work for Todd Bowles here because of that. Uh, and with Adam Gase, it never had a chance of working because of that. He had no interest in being the head coach of the team. He just wanted to be the offensive coordinator. And it just doesn't work when that happens. And people could point to Sean McVay, but Sean McVay learned from Shanahan and was smart about how he built his staff. He got a guy in there in Wade Phillips to really help him um, lead and manage the overall organization. And just because he is known as sort of that offensive mastermind doesn't mean his involvement is totally, totally siloed to the offense. Um, and he's also a bit of an outlier. And, you know, we've seen some success with hiring a popular play caller or a popular coordinator uh, with McVeigh and with LaFleur in Green Bay. Uh, but there's been plenty inst- plenty of instances of it's of it not uh, working out at all with Bowles, you know, being an example, he's the assistant coach of the year and it didn't work out for him uh, as a head coach. And there's been plenty of other examples of popular offensive coordinators moving uh, into head coach roles and not having a skill set that necessarily translates to the job. It's not easy to find the guys that can do it like Kyle Shanahan and like Sean McVay. Um, so it's, it's a challenging thing. It's a hard thing to project how to get it right. I think all you can ask for from the Jets is cast a wide net, overturn every rock, don't be cheap, and don't do something blatantly stupid. You know, what would an idiot do? Don't do that. That was hiring Adam Gase. There was, we all knew it wasn't going to work. We all knew it was a bad hire. Can't say the same for Todd Bowles. Most of us were excited about the hire at the time. Same with Rex and same with Mangini. The Gase was an obvious stupid decision, so don't do that, and don't be cheap in the search, and go chase the big names that you want to get. If you want to have a conversation with Cower and you're serious about it, do the diligence, the diligence on what his staff looks like and how much you need to pay him. Go figure out the number for Matt Campbell to leave or Pat Fitzgerald to leave or, or whatever it's going to take for one of the college guys you want to get. Go get that number, and if you feel good about you know, Arthur Smith or Brian Dable or Greg Roman or Wink Martindale or any of the other coordinators who are getting, you know, pushed forward, then, you know, go through that process and just let Joe Douglas and his staff make that final decision. Don't get swayed by 
a last second phone call by Peyton Manning or let Chris Johnson or Woody Johnson or whoever the hell is going to be in charge by that point uh, overrule Douglas, Chad Alexander, Rex Hogan, and Phil Savage. You know, we don't know if they're going to be great at this. We know they'll be better than Mike McCagnan and Brian Heimerdinger. It's a low bar to clear. Uh, but if they get that head coach pick right, everything else this offseason will be that much easier. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back on Thursday with another draft season on this feed, and I'll be back Friday. Actually, maybe not Friday. We'll see. I'll be back on this feed sooner rather than later. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Let's get to 0-13. <laughs>